Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I'm Shay Cornette. He is Jordan Cornette. And last night we watched a really good football game for the Buffalo Bills, that is, against the Patriots last night. I hadn't remembered when the last time it was that the Bills swept the Patriots in a season. It was 2000. That was Bill Belichick's first year as head coach in New England, which is... Which is incredible. Um, the Bills are on the up and up. And Jordan, I will tell you this, and this might sound like a bold statement, but it's an accurate one. At this point, the conversation needs to shift from who can beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs or in the AFC to who can beat the Buffalo Bills. Okay. They are playing at that high of a clip, okay? Their only loss in the last three months, two, three months, has come against the Cardinals on a Hail Murray, which I hate when people say too. You use it all the time. <laughs> I, just so you remember what it was, it shortens the words, but it's it's nerdy. Um, it, they have everything you need to have a championship team. And I know what you're going to say. They haven't been there before. They haven't won a playoff game yet. It's been a minute. I understand. But this is a quarterback that's playing in an extremely high level at the exact right time. Kind of like that quarterback in Green Bay right now. And they have all the pieces they need to beat any team in the National Football League. Their defense isn't perfect, but it's getting better every single week. Just like Josh Allen was getting better every single week to start the season. Just like their run game comes in when they needed to come in. Just like Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen have created this chemistry that's kind of unbreakable at this point. And so to me, it is the Buffalo Bills that teams should be fearful of in the AFC. Can't do that. I can I'm do really whatever high. I I'm, want. I'm, you can do whatever you want. I'm you do kidding. do whatever you I'm want. I'm just kidding. Uh, but you can't do that. Uh, you can't do that against a 14-1 and Chiefs team that's the reigning Super Bowl champion. Why not? You can't do that against a team that's won 24 of the last 25. You can't do that when they got the best player in the universe on their team and Patrick Mahomes. You can't say a franchise and a team, no matter how good they look, because I-, I love you to death, and I love these Bills a lot. I love Josh Allen. I love Stephon Diggs. I love the vibe. I love the energy. I love the production. But they've never done it in the postseason. They've been in the postseason, yes, but they haven't won. And you can't say the team to beat is a team that has not won in the postseason. Because what the postseason is, is a way different animal than what a regular season is. And there's different pressure and pressure bust pipes. And we haven't seen, under pressure, this group do that. We haven't seen their head coach do that. We've seen Andy Reid chill on the sidelines and just cut up the opposition's defense. We've seen Patrick not Mahomes. This, not the last couple of weeks you haven't seen him. But you know what we have seen? When it, comes to no, winning, when it comes to winning time, we've seen the Chiefs get it done. 14-1, and one, Shay. All that to say this, I like the Packers. But the team to beat, because what I'm oh saying is, goodness. as you phrase it is, who can beat the Chiefs? It has to be phrased like that because of what we're watching these Chiefs do week in and week out. Beating teams handily? No. Finding a way to win? Yes. Coming from behind in the postseason last year like they did against the Texans? Yes. Cool customers. So cool the sheep count them when they sleep. That's the kind of team that the Chiefs are. So, yes, I don't know quite yet if the Bills can do it in the postseason, but I like their ability. I like what we've seen in the regular season. Why I like the Packers more than the Bills? Because I've seen Aaron Rodgers do this before. I've seen Aaron Rodgers win a Super Bowl. I've seen him be the MVP in the Super Bowl. He's going to have a bust in Canton. We can't say that about Josh Allen yet. I like where he's headed. Probably ultimately is going to be that. Aaron Rodgers is that. So that's why I say, give me Green Bay. Because Green Bay is the team that can compete right now in the postseason, do it comfortably, 
versus Patrick Mahomes if they get to the Super Bowl, which I believe they will. Sure. Uh, the Chiefs, just as a reminder, this is why I can say this confidently. Chiefs haven't beat a team by double digits since week eight. Who did they play in week eight? The Jets. Okay, so the Chiefs have proven to be very vulnerable. You know what else they've proven to not do? Put up a lot of points, which is what they have done in years past. I don't remember every single game from last year with the Kansas City Chiefs, but I remember thinking heading into the Super Bowl against the 49ers that the Chiefs were going to win by at least a touchdown or more because that's what we were accustomed to with this Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes offense was scoring touchdowns. The Chiefs now, though, here's one thing I will say, are going to take three weeks off essentially. Andy Reid's going to rest his starters. They have a first-round bye, and then they're going to go into the playoffs rested and ready. That's a little scary. But what are the Buffalo Bills doing? They are beating teams at an extremely high clip. They won last night 38-9. to They beat the Broncos the week before 48-19. to Two world Steelers, beaters. Two world beaters. I'm just saying they are putting up numbers at a rate we're not seeing the Chiefs do. A world beater? Are the Falcons a world beater? They almost took them into overtime if the kicker had hit the field goal at the end of the game. The Chiefs aren't who they were last year, and they have proven that to be true. And it just makes me nervous. And so the storyline can now shift after last night, heading into the last game of the season, and it can now be who's going to beat the Buffalo Bills, not who's going to beat the Chiefs. I love that you're doing this. Tell me which defense you like more, the Packers or the Bills defense? It's a toss-up. It's not a toss-up. Packers, to me, it's a, to me Packers it's a toss-up. defense to me is better. That's fine. Which and that's second, fair. I'm which, not going to argue Which that. secondary do you like more? And It's a good secondary with Buffalo. Again, a toss-up. I like the Packers secondary more. And those are the challenges that also can be presented to Patrick Mahomes and packaged in another way where I say, Packers got a secondary that's elite. Packers run defense has looked pretty good. And then couple that with all the things I told you about Aaron Rodgers, his accomplishments, and his security and experience in the postseason – that's why I like them more. I love that we're talking about the Bills, though. I'm very high on the Bills. I would love to see the Bills in the AFC Championship game. I would love to see that. I would love to see that versus Patrick Mahomes. I don't know quite yet who I'd love to see on the other side with Aaron Rodgers, but I think we're going to get four great quarterbacks playing for a chance to get there. And if Josh Allen can go up against Patrick Mahomes and win the AFC Championship game... But then you'll come back to me and be like, oh you my were right. Gosh. Will you admit I was right then? Like I usually do, yes. Oh, no, you do. Don't do that. No, you do not ever admit when I'm right. You're not right all the time. Okay, right. That's... I'm right more. Okay. Speaking of being right, <laughs> Josh Allen was right last night in his answer when he was asked by Laura Rutledge, what did they prove after a win like this and sweeping the Patriots? We're out here trying to play for each other. Yeah. We understand this is number 12. We got you know, a really good team coming in next week to, uh, up to Buffalo. And again, we got to put our best foot forward and try to go get another win. And uh, that's the only thing on our mind right now. Yeah, so the Bills still are playing for something next week. They do, they are going to face the Dolphins at home, and the Dolphins are trying to get into the playoffs. The Bills at this point are playing for seeding. So um, it will be a tough task, no doubt, for Josh Allen and this Buffalo team against the Dolphins coming up this Sunday. And I love that so many games on Sunday is going to mean so much to different divisions across the National Football League. I said this earlier, it's worth saying again, the NFL does a really good job the last Sunday of the season because every game's on Sunday. There's no Saturday games, no Monday, no Thursday, et cetera. They do a really good job on, on placing the times of these games where another team can't see if someone's getting blown out so they can pull their starters, et cetera. They're all playing at the same time with playoff implications on the line. So it is going to be an extremely fun Sunday. By the way, you can catch Jordan and I on game day from 1 to 5 Eastern, ESPN Radio. Yeah, give them the plug. <laughs> give them a plug. And... Um, I think I think Josh Allen is going to go out and ball again against the Dolphins. Although 
I love what Brian Flores and the Dolphins are doing, and I think Brian Flores is the coach of the year. That's a discussion for another day, though. I just I can't get away from this Bills-Packers conversation. And it, look, it's kind of a topsy-turvy one because they're, they're in different conferences. I get it. But I'm looking at teams that are stumbling blocks for the Chiefs. I know you don't like it being packaged that way, but that's just what it is. And I, and I look and I say, yeah, the Bills can be that threat because of the points and how they generate it all. But you also need balance. You're going to need a balanced attack because if you're forced to play left-handed, and I'm not saying the Chiefs' defense can necessarily do that to you, but I want a dynamic offense. If you have to hit that 30-point threshold, is it too much to ask of Josh Allen to do it with his arm? No, not too much to ask. Could it be in the postseason? We don't know yet. We don't know that yet. As, as high on him as we both are, he hasn't delivered it yet in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers has, but also Aaron Rodgers has a backfield that is one of the top 10 rushing attacks in the NFL. It's balanced. So that also gives me a, an elevated confidence in this Packers team. I, I'm getting tired of people acting like the Packers don't have a good defense. It's a top 10 defense. It's a top 10 defense. Buffalo does not have a top 10 defense. As I look at it, you're going to need that type of defense. Now, what the, the Packers don't do is generate turnovers. They're one of the worst defenses in the league at generating turnovers. You're going to need some mistakes from Patrick Mahomes, who's had a few of those here down the stretch. Uh, but ultimately, in terms of balance, I like the Packers' balanced offense. I like their defense better and how they are against the run right, and the pass. It. We get it. You like the Packers. I like the Packers. I like the Packers to win the Super Bowl. All y'all should get on with me. Packers are going to do okay. it this year. Let me tell you what you shouldn't do is always take Jordan's picks, okay? That is proven. Ask my bank Too account. Soon. Not always. Too soon. Not always to hey, be the good player. we bounced back yesterday. We had a good day. <laughs> you had a bad week, my friend. It's true. I do love you. No lies. It was a bad week. An annoying week. A bad week. We're asking <laughs> at PJ and Z on Twitter, which team is the tougher matchup for the Chiefs? Is it the Bills or is it the Packers? 62.8% of you said the Bills. At CD underscore 2K says the Packers, because of Rodgers, his ability to come back if they need to do so. Not sure if the Bills train has has that lever, or at least we haven't seen it from them that yet. So agreeing with you, Jay. Beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greeny, immediately following Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can have the newsmakers you'd expect and interact with you every single day from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. All right, time to talk a little bit of NBA action here on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. And for that, we are going to bring in Brian Winhorse, ESPN senior NBA writer. Brian, good morning to you. And let's start with that Spencer Dinwiddie news. How big of a blow is it to the Nets to lose a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie? And how do they proceed going forward? Well, the Nets are trying to win a championship this year. They feel like they've got a championship-level team, and they just lost a core player. And... um uh, you know, he allows them to do a lot of different things with their lineups. One of the strengths of this Nets team is the way they can play different ways because they have um, And, you know, he can, he can be lead guard. And the other reality is, look, the Eastern Conference is tightly packed. Um, you know, you couldn't have a really good record in the East this year and end up with a five seed. And there's a possibility that Kyrie Irving is going to miss a bunch of games this year. He's already sitting out back-to-backs, and he gets dinged up. And now the guy that they had to be their lead guard if Kyrie Irving – uh, as insurance, uh, is not going to be there. And so they are a deep team. They can probably weather this storm better than other teams can. But also on a personal level for Spencer, this was a contract year. He does have a player option next year for $12 million, so he's protected. But he was looking to hit it big in the free agent market, and now that's going to be uh, imited, uh, imp- impacted by this uh, this injury. 
I don't know if this correlates in any way, to be honest, Wendy, but I still wonder if James Harden is being floated with the Nets and the lack of depth now with Dinwiddie out maybe makes him think, let's go with a three-pronged star attack, but it also takes away another piece for them to offer up. Does this factor in at all, and is James Harden really still on the radar with the Nets team? Well, James Harden would love to be in Brooklyn. Uh, He's made that abundantly clear, but I I just don't know if the Nets have – the package of players that really excites uh, the, the Rockets. And one of the things that the Rockets have kind of made clear, and I, guys, I got to tell you, I, I don't blame them for this. The Rockets have made clear that they want a premium package for, uh, uh, for James Harden. And you look at kind of what the, uh, the Lakers got for Anthony Davis uh, you know, a year and a half ago, I guess now, where it was a bunch of uh, promising young players and a, and a bunch of draft picks. And the, the Nets just don't have that. They don't have the Brandon Ingram. They don't have the Lonzo Ball. And their future draft picks aren't as exciting because you think that they're going to be a good team. And right now, there's no other stars available. It's not like there's uh, three superstars out there on the market and the Nets can go shopping elsewhere. So uh, I just think that the bit, you know, the, the Rockets are, are willing to let the bidding war go on James Harden, who, by the way, despite all of his issues, is off to a terrific start, despite not being in great shape. And I, I just don't think the Nets have it. I, I think it would take them to make a separate deal to, uh, to juice their package. And so while I understand it's still on the board and I can't rule it out, I just don't see that as a trade match. We're talking to Brian Windhorst, ESPN senior NBA writer. So, Brian, yesterday we saw Ja Morant go down with an injury. I saw reports indicated that he left on a wheelchair. What's the latest with Ja? Yeah, so they're going to have an MRI today. The real question is, what is the degree level of this ankle sprain? If it is a second-degree sprain, it's going to be weeks. If it's a third-degree sprain, which is you know almost the worst thing you can have other than a broken ankle, it could be you know a, a couple of months. And that's what they're going to determine with this MRI. The scary thing about this injury, he was challenging a shot. He had you know he's got an electric leaping ability. He had jumped so high on this play and so he came crashing down so the hope is that it's just going to be something that is you know keeps him out you know uh, you know maybe a couple of weeks but the 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 velocity at which he went down is is rough and you know that's a Grizzlies team that is already missing Jaron Jackson who's their second best player for an undetermined amount of time as he recovers from knee surgery and with where the Western Conference is and the and the and the and how tightly packed it is you lose your best player like John Morant. You lose him for for three, four weeks without Jaron Jackson. In a 72-game season, it might be unrecoverable for this Grizzlies team, and that would be unfortunate, but also the reality. Wendy, it's scary to think, as they're the reigning champs, the L.A. Lakers, LeBron and A.D. led. Uh, is it possible to say they are not only better, but significantly better this season? Well, they're different, and um, different in good ways and bad ways. You know, they they changed their team quite a bit, and in especially at the center position. You know, last year they had really high athlete, um, rim protecting basket, uh, uh, you know, glass cleaning centers in Javale McGee and Dwight Howard. And I know that those guys weren't core parts of their their star roster, but those guys really defined how they played, especially defensively. And now they have Montrez Harrell who is not a strong defender. In fact, last night in the game against Portland, the Blazers' whole attack down the stretch of that game was to attack Montrezl Harrell, and it, and it helped them win that game. 
And then Marcus Saul, who's one of the shrewdest and smartest defenders out there, former defensive player of the year, but doesn't move like that. So I still think they're going to be a very good defensive team, uh, but they're different. And then on the perimeter, uh, with introducing Dennis Schroeder and introducing the way they run their offense, so they're trying to run their offense more through Marcus Saul, that means less playmaking a little bit for LeBron James, which, again, could be a good thing to take some pressure off him, but is different. So you look at the Lakers, you see depth. You definitely see a great chance for them to repeat. But it would not surprise me if over the first couple of months of the season, we see some choppy play from them because they do have to alter just the way that they go about in their attack. Okay, let's go back to James Harden really quick, Wendy, for a second. So we saw the other day Daryl Morey send out a tweet about James Harden. Obviously, Daryl Morey (laughs) is now the general manager for the 76ers, so this was a little bit confusing. So I ask you, does this mean that the 76ers are now talking to James Harden and that's what was top of his (laughs) mind, or Daryl Morey just needs someone to help him with his social media? (laughs) I mean, Daryl Morey is a smart guy. That was not a smart move. That was... uh, instantaneously, like, what are you doing? And uh, the Rockets were pissed off about it, and rightly so. And, uh, uh, and the league slapped him for it. Because even though it may seem innocuous, um, th- there's a lot of tension there. I mean, just the concept of having a negotiation over a star player, uh, especially when it lasts over a long period of time, that's difficult. Then you introduce the fact that, that, that Daryl Morey has just left that team. It's pretty much a one in a million situation. I can't remember in, in, in two, almost 20 years of covering the NBA where there's been this type of negotiation from a guy that just changed general managers, uh, you know, just changed front offices. It's unheard of. So everybody's a little bit jumpy about it. Um, it doesn't mean that the talks are any different. Um, the, 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 there have been offers swapped between the teams and, and they're not satisfactory right now. And uh, I would say sitting here in late December that if I had to, make a wager on which team had the most likely chance of landing James Harden, I would say it would be the Sixers eventually. And mostly that's because they've been willing to talk about Ben Simmons. And I just don't think the Rockets are going to do better for a talent return from Ben Simmons. But I also am going to point something else out. Right now, the NBA has a very bloated middle class. The, 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 the difference separating the teams that you'd rank from maybe the fourth best team in the league to about the 15th best team in the league are negligible. And when you have a guy like James Harden out there and a whole bunch of teams in there trying to figure out how they can distance themselves from the pack, and overall that means there's not that many sellers, and it's a seller's market for for, for, for trades in general, I expect there to be a team or two to say, you know what, we think that we can make a, a move this year if we go for James Harden. I would even argue that the biggest X factor in this season is where James Harden ends up. And so with that out there on the table and that uncertainty, I just don't know where he's going to go, even though I think Philly eventually, you know, if they're willing to keep Simmons in there, has a compelling offer. No doubt. All right, Brian Windhorse, ESPN NBA Insider. Thank you for the insight. We appreciate it. Happy New Year to you. We'll catch up with you soon. You too. See ya. So Dwayne Haskins. Is the latest in a long line of Ohio State quarterbacks to have issues or fail in the NFL. We're going to ask a former Buckeye why that is. That's next. You're listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. 
Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know who we can maybe ask about what's going on with Dwayne Haskins? Perhaps a former Ohio State quarterback. National champion, too. Put some respect on this man's name. (laughs) Someone who maybe has been there before and had to make the transition from Ohio State into the NFL. Maybe he can tell us where the wheels fell off. That would be Cardell Jones, who we welcome in right now on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. He is a former Ohio State quarterback, a 2015 college football playoff national champion. Uh, Cardell, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. So you heard, obviously, what we we came into leading into you with Dwayne Haskins. You know he has been released as of yesterday. And so simply I ask you, because we know it's been well reported, of what has gone on both on the field and off the field. What do you think happened with Dwayne Haskins? Um, first and foremost, guys, thanks for having me this morning. And hopefully you guys, um, 2020 is, is going as good as it can go. <laughs> but um, it, it's just hard. It's hard when you have a, a young guy in that position with so much um, leadership role is put on his shoulders with no real example in that room when he first got there with Smith, you know, being sidelined during the injuries and pretty sure not around the facility. Um, I just think I wish he would have had more of a uh, role model to look up to instead of being thrown into the fire this early in his career to know how to navigate on and off the field behaviors as a quarterback. Cardale, you're part of that. Ohio State quarterback fraternity, and and despite the fact that you guys weren't at Ohio State together, you brush shoulders with some of the same people, and I'm sure you hear things about Dwayne Haskins, the type of player and person he was at Ohio State, and maybe even as a professional football player. What have you heard um, from people in those circles to speak to the kind of guy that Dwayne Haskins is? Because, unfortunately, that's what's coming into question here a lot as well. Um, that's hard to say because I would never really take secondhand information from anyone who's really not in his inner circle, who's not with this guy um, each and every day. I, I hear the same things that you guys hear about him, um, good, bad, and different. But I'm not going to take that and hold that against Dwayne because, you know, it's really them sources not coming from his mouth and I'm not <clears> – <throat> and I wasn't around him long enough to understand his, his habits and things he did on and off the field. So it's kind of hard to say. Okay, so Justin Fields now is the next quarterback that's coming out of Ohio State, and he is projected to go somewhere in the top five in the upcoming draft. Do you think what has you know what has happened with Dwayne Haskins now in only two years being with the Washington football team will at all have an impact on Justin Fields? No, I don't think so at all. I'm two different players, two different people, two different guys that was coached by you know, in two different eras. And I don't think you hold anything against the next guy because they went to the same school. And one thing that people got to understand when it comes to NFL and, and, and especially with a quarterback position, it's all about timing and being in the right place at the right time in situations as well. So I'm pretty sure Justin would probably go in some type of situation that Dwayne went in too far as being in there having to play early. But my thing about young quarterbacks and still me in this position, you know, you want to put a guy or put me in a situation where – you can learn from a veteran guy. You can see a guy who's been doing this for X amount of years and doing it the right away on and off the field. 
one thing I said about my career has been the biggest eye-opener is just watching a guy be in the room with a guy like a Philip Rivers and a Caleb Clemens who play X amount of years and having success, and you wonder how these guys have success, and you see it every day from their routines. So I don't think that will be held against Justin because, you know, a guy that was similar in his shoes in college, you know, might not pan out at one other team. But I'm pretty sure Dwayne will get another chance, and I'm pretty sure he'll turn around. Yeah, I, look, there can't be many parallels drawn between your career and Dwayne's, to be quite honest, at all. There's really no comparison there. The only thing I could see is that you both – you always knew you had talent. You were at Ohio State, and you were put in position to succeed – and you both did. And, and it, it came kind of, for those that weren't Ohio State fans and maybe just casual fans, kind of came out of nowhere just how good you two yeah. became in your time there in an Ohio State uniform, which led to you guys playing at the next level. Uh, do you see any correlation between it happening fast in college and then all of a sudden you're in this professional rank and, and it may be overwhelming a little bit? Do you think Dwayne experienced some of that? Um, possibility. But I think with college, he, like I said before, he had a year or two to sit behind a great leader, great quarterback, JT Barrett, and really learn a, learn and develop a routine. And he might have been doing some of the silly off-the-field things that he was kind of doing in the NFL, but it wasn't as big of a deal because he was a backup. They had JT Barrett at the time. But he also learned and watched how that got prepared and took some – I would like to believe he took some of those habits and that routine and applied it to his own. And that's why he had so much success on the college level. But the NFL is a little different. It's your job, and everyone is good. Of course, in college, you're going to get away from you know, get away with throwing some passes and double coverage because your guy's better, or you know, lining up week in and week out, knowing that you're the physically and talented the most the better team. But NFL, each and every week, you're playing against the best guys in the world. So it's going to take a different mindset. It's going to take a different form of preparation. That I don't know that you just develop your first year. Like I said before, he hasn't had that real um, kind of role model in the room to see how it's been done. And I would have loved if Alex was healthy last year, and clearly he wasn't going to beat Alex out last year, but healthy Alex Smith. And he just saw and, and, and understood how that guy prepared and how he played in and out and how he had success. And I'm pretty sure Dwayne would have picked up on a lot of those habits that Alex had for himself. For sure. We're talking to Cardell Jones, former Ohio State quarterback. Cardell, let's move to Urban Meyer now and discuss what his future might look like, because there have been rumors that he could possibly be going to the NFL. A couple teams have now reached out. Do you think his coaching style translates to the NFL, and do you think that's his next landing spot? Um, that's so funny you guys asked this question, because I just had dinner with Coach Meyer this past Friday, and mm-hmm. you know the questions kind of came up about back coaching and things like that, and um, not saying he said yes, not saying he said no, but I think for him to have success in the NFL, and I think he would agree with this comment that I'm going to make, he would have to have more of a role like a Bill O'Brien, we're kind of the head coach and GM, so he can get his guys in there, so he can, you know, do, or or along as him and the GM is on a, on a pretty much the same wavelength when it comes to the um, identity of the team and in and, and a direction. Um, because Coach Meyer is a, is a big control guy, and um, he loves to have his blueprint and his footprint on almost any and everything it does with the uh, program and organization. So I think if that right organization is willing to kind of give the keys to a guy who, who haven't had experience coaching at the NFL level, um, I, I think it can be successful. 
A lot of people, Cardell as well, and that, that's great insight. A, a lot of people are trying to connect the dots that aren't having dinner with him on a Friday night, so don't know nearly <laughs> as much as you. Um, are trying to connect the dots that, well, he had great success in Gainesville. Uh, we've heard that his family would maybe like to be back in Florida. Jacksonville is really close there. Uh, you being a great quarterback, an opportunity to coach another great quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, are those things of great appeal to him, getting back to the state of Florida in any way? Um, I don't know if just getting back to that, to the state overall is appealing to him. I just think whatever Coach Meyer is going to do, as long as he's competing, he's good. So right now, I mean, Fox and, and ESPN have a big rivalry and competing versus, you know, with all this uh, TV time when it comes to uh, college games, things like that. So he's in the role of competing. Whatever it is, if he was a, if he was a, a, a car salesman, as long as he knows he's competing against the next guy, he's going to have success. He's going to enjoy doing it. So whatever role that he can be in and, and compete and compete at a high level and have success, I'm pretty sure he'd be more than happy to do it. Who paid for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did. I, I ordered one of everything. I, I pointed over the table to put it on his check. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's the way I would do it too, Cardell. You're no dummy. Um, all right, let's look ahead yeah. to the college football playoff now. Ohio State's got to face Clemson. It's a tall <laughs> task, no doubt. This week, a lot of what the storyline has been has been around Dabo Sweeney putting Ohio State at number 11 on his last coach's poll and then him defending that. Do you think that's going to be some bulletin board material for the Buckeyes? For sure. And if, you know, if players, and I was one of them players that go back and say, oh, don't pay attention to the media stuff. I don't care. Of course they're looking at it. Coaches are looking at it too. And I can guarantee you Ryan Day is going to, uh, going to throw that in there and here in the next couple of days. He probably been keeping it under wraps. But he want to have those guys juiced up as much as possible as he closer to game day. So I can anticipate that the coaching staff, you know, bringing this up in the next couple of days as they get closer to that kickoff on January 1. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, and I'm pretty sure them guys are taking it as a total slap in the face. They can control, you know, the COVID situations and, and games can cancel totally out of their power. You know, they've been, they played a game with, you know, over 20 players out and five or six starters. So it's not like they wasn't willing to play this year, but you know they control what they can control. Not in the top four, and now they got to. It doesn't matter now. Now you got to go out there and play. As you assess another one of those quarterbacks in your fraternity, Justin Fields, who we just touched on there, and you talk about the bulletin board material, uh, him translating in the pros. You hear the comps about him being kind of like a Dak Prescott type. How do you envision uh, when the time comes for him to enter the NFL? Uh, what kind of player he becomes in that league? Um, I think he's going to be a great player just depending on what system and, and what coach is going to be willing to work with a young player and, and put the right tools and, and, and around him to have to make sure he has success. I mean, I, I hate when I see, you know, younger players, especially rookies, go out there to a team that, you know, struggled a year before, but, you know, got that one player and now he's just getting, he's dropping back a pass and, you know, 80, 90, 90% of the game. But I think as long as they protect him in a way of just utilizing his ability and not asking him to do too much out of his power and his, and his talent at this young stage of his career, I think he's going to have all the success in the world. All right, Cardell Jones, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Enjoy the CFP this weekend, and we'll catch up with you soon. Happy New Year to you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. See ya. The college football playoff is on ESPN and ESPN Radio. Coverage begins on ESPN Radio at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's the Rose Bowl presented by Capital One from Arlington, Texas. That's number one Alabama taking on number four Notre Dame. And then the All-State Sugar Bowl from New Orleans, Louisiana. That's number two Clemson taking on number three Ohio State. Okay, it's a battle for a playoff spot between two NFC West teams that could be without their starting quarterbacks. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. 
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Shay Cornette. He's Jordan Cornette. It's been fun filling in for the guys today. We will do so tomorrow and Thursday as well. So there is an intriguing matchup going down this weekend in the NFC West between the Rams and the Cardinals. It's a must-win situation for both teams who have not played well as of late. And now we have news that both starting quarterbacks not might not be able to go as well. Cliff Kingsbury says that Kyler Murray has a lower leg injury. His status for the game on Sunday against the Rams is totally up in the up in the air. Then you look on the Rams side, their quarterback Jared Goff underwent surgery yesterday on a broken right thumb. He is not going to play Sunday against the Cardinals. So if he's not going to play, well, then who is? That would be John Wolford who was undrafted out of Wake Forest in 2018. He played for the Arizona Hotshots of the AAF. 2020, the year and of the then, Wake Forest former player. Right, right. And then who's going to back up John Wolford would be possibly, they're efforting, Blake Bortles. Okay, so there's that. <laughs> now, what if Kyler Murray can't go? Who's going to back up Kyler Murray? That would be Chris Strievler. Who? who Chris Strievler, who played 35 games uh, over the last two seasons in the CFL for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, passed for over 2,600 yards with 19 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. So a little bit of Jameis Winston there. you got to move TDs. this game to Thursday. This has to be a Thursday game. No, no. We're not moving games. All games are on it's Sunday. It's too wacky. No. It, it needs to be a Thursday game. Just, no. This is wild. This is wild. And both teams have to have it. It's, it's a, a must-win must situation, and you're like, what is going on right now? And this is crazy to me especially because I was looking at this NFC West, and I'm like, you know, this division could legit get three teams in. I thought to myself, by the the way the Rams were playing, the Cardinals were playing, and the Seahawks were playing, hey, the 49ers haven't been that bad either, but they're obviously not in. Those three teams, I thought, could all make it into the playoffs with ease. And now you're looking at this situation, you're like, not so fast. That's not what's going to happen. This is going to be an ugly one. Well, it's Sunday. interesting because th- there's a tough decision to make for the Rams, right? Like, Goff needed surgery. But could you have made him play this week to ensure a postseason berth? Or do you have him, which they did choose to do, have surgery on that thumb 
And now he's only good for the postseason if you get there. Right. So there must have been a weighted decision there. I'm purely speculating a weighted decision to say we can probably win this game with John Wolford. Wofford? Wolford? Wolford. Wolford? Wolford. Wolford. John Wolford. We can probably win this game with this backup because of the strength of our defense, our ability to run the football, and there's going to be most likely a backup in Kyler Mur- a backup for Kyler Murray and Chris, whoever the hell you just said. Strievler. Uh, and we can probably get by them. But we can't win in the playoffs without him. So we, we have to get golf handled now. Believe on the strength of the other parts of our team to win this game. Wofford doesn't have to do much, but we need golf back for the playoffs. That decision-making says a lot to me about the availability of Kyler Murray and the belief of Coach McVay in that Rams franchise they could still win this game without their starting quarterback. Tough decision to make. Not saying that's what led to the decision making, but if I connect the dots, kind of speaks to me. That's what they. That's how they approach the situation. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, the Rams historically over the past year, two, three, have had the Cardinals number. So I think that probably plays into it as well. Like the Rams have been able to take care of business against the Cardinals, no doubt about that. Okay, so this is going to be an interesting situation in the NFC West. Again, both teams have to have it. Both teams could have backup quarterbacks. What a fun weekend coming. And wow, I just, wow. Um, So that's coming up on Sunday. Let's go back, though, to what we were just talking about a little bit ago. And we were on the phone with Cardell Jones. And we were talking about what's going on with the Washington football team and Dwayne Haskins. And then we also kind of pivoted to kind of bring it all back to Ohio State. And we're talking about Urban Meyer. And and what we have heard as of late is that Urban Meyer has been in the conversation for these head coaching vacancies because there's a number of them in the NFL. And so we asked Cardell Jones what he thinks about Urban Meyer going to the NFL. Here's Cardell Jones. I just had dinner with Coach Meyer this past Friday, and mm-hmm. you know the questions kind of came up about back coaching and things like that. And um, not saying he said yes, not saying he said no, but I think for him to have success in the NFL, and I think he would agree with this comment that I'm going to make. He would have to have more of a role like a Bill O'Brien, who's kind of the head coach and GM, so he can get his guys in there, so he can you know do or or along as him and the GM is on a, on a pretty much the same wavelength when it comes to the um, identity of the team and in a, a direction because Coach Meyer is a, is a big control guy and um, he loves to have his blueprint and his footprint on almost any and everything it does with the uh, program and organization. So I think if that right organization is willing to kind of give the keys to a guy who, who haven't had experience coaching at the NFL level, um, I, I think it can be successful. He I mean, just had dinner with him. If he had night. dinner... By the way, Cardell Jones does a great job on radio. He's captivating, he's informative, and he's got a resume that speaks to it as a former player. What a great get by the crew here, and I know he's a regular on here, deservedly so. He gave us some news. He had dinner with Urban Meyer, like you just reiterated there, Shay. And he said, Coach would agree with me saying this, which means that conversation came Came up, up, and that was what was said. So uh, that's a fair way, I think, to connect dots. I'm not putting anything else out there other than if Jones felt confident saying that, it's because the conversation was had him between him and Urban, which says to me, Urban's only going to take one of these jobs where he can have some of that control, which also becomes fascinating because Bill O'Brien had that type of control with the Texans, and it worked for a little bit, and then it went south quickly and couldn't have ended uglier because it got personal with DeAndre Hopkins. D-Hop went to Arizona, has been thriving, and Deshaun Watson has been devoid of not one, but now two weapons because of Will Fuller and uh, what was it, PEDs or whatever it was off the field that's preventing him from playing. 
So that all went bad. But now the Texans are in a position where they too are looking for a coach. Would they give that kind of power again to somebody? Because if that's what Urban Meyer's looking for, will the Texans say, okay, it went really bad with Bill O'Brien, but Urban's different. And if that's going to deliver us Urban Meyer, then maybe we should make what seems like the same mistake twice, but actually go down that path again and say, coach, GM, Urban, it's yours. Work with Deshaun Watson and let's get this thing going. Would they do that again? No, there's no way. I also think Eric Bieniemy is going to Houston, not Urban Meyer. I think if Urban Meyer goes somewhere, it's probably going to be Jacksonville. And I don't know that that means what Cardell says. He has to be both the GM and the head coach. More so, he has to have a say as to who his GM is, and he has to work closely with him. Which and is the GM, avenue. right? And the GM has to respect Urban Meyer's wishes and let him make decisions. On the same playing level. You know what I mean? But where would that happen? Another place that maybe doesn't give him GM and coach? Detroit, which is another place obviously we talked about because of Chris Spielman coming in as a special assistant to the front office there. Uh, Maybe able to navigate that kind of dialogue that leads him to being there at the Detroit Lions. I go back to, and this is all rumor, you never know what's true, but the desire from family maybe to get back down there to Florida, to be not in Gainesville, but they love that time down there. Shelly, Maybe go down there with Shelly's Jackson. wife likes the warm weather. And what do you know about a wife? Wife runs the show. <laughs> wife legitimately runs this show. Happy My wife, wife happy legitimately life. runs whatever show we're on. <laughs> uh, filling in for Ke- Keyshawn, J-, J. Will, and Zubin, she runs this. Um, and, tr- and Trevor Lawrence, obviously, is going to be down there. Right. That's another intriguing piece. It just seems like, to me, there was no dialogue shutting down that Urban wasn't. You didn't hear from Cardell Jones that Urban Meyer has no interest Not in going. the NFL. Right. That that part of the conversation clearly wasn't had, which says he's very much in play, Urban Meyer, for one of these jobs. Are you going to give him, though, that kind of power in an organization when he has never been a coach in the NFL? Like, that's risky. Does the risk outweigh the reward? Maybe. But you hear how people talk every weekend. He sits up on a desk on Saturdays. People talk about how he spits these gems and, and how he is a leader of men and all these things. That are glowing reviews. Maybe it happens. Maybe. All right, it's been fun filling in for Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. We will be back tomorrow. We are yeah. Shay and Jordan Cornette. We hope you have a fabulous day. See you all, babe. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.